Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Inbound Agency Journey. This week, I'm joined by Ross Lauder. Ross is from an agency over in the UK called Get Focused on Marketing. And Ross, we will dig into the story here, but welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, so let's start, first of all, just with kind of your personal background, because we've had a couple couple folks who've gone this route as well on the podcast, but it's always an interesting story when uh, someone comes from working at HubSpot and then moves uh, from HubSpot into the agency space itself. So can you give us kind of the story on your background and that transition? Sure, no problem. Um, Yeah, it's pretty non-typical, and um, I can kind of guess that it's not something that uh, people are all that familiar with. I suppose I come from a traditional um, IT and services kind of background. I worked at Dell for many, many years, uh, in fact, in two roles where I was part of an acquisition. But I I cut my teeth in hardware. I worked my way through sales, uh, system management, coaching, technical sales management, um, then consultancy, moved into kind of the software space, ran kind of European sales teams for uh, various different technologies and desktop Point, uh, desktop endpoint management, storage, infrastructure management, AD migration, that kind of stuff. Um, HubSpot approached me in 2013 when they were coming to uh, open up their office in Dublin. I happened to be living in Cork at the time, made the move uh, out to um, back to Dublin, which is where I wanted to be kind of family-wise, I guess, worked in enterprise sales there and had some good fortune to meet another HubSpotter there who had her own agency. And uh, we kind of uh, did a couple projects on the side, as it were. Uh, She put me in touch with another guy from a publishing background. He had seen the writing on the wall many years ago from an offline perspective that all of the traditional journalistic resources were very much going into um, the online space to leverage digital assets and we all kind of came together and said, you know what, let's give this a go. We really feel like we have a uh, set of skills here that we could add a lot of um, you know, value to the marketplace with a growing demand. Um, let's go go dive in. So that's the short version, I guess. Um, we have been at this. I suppose the company's been going, I guess, uh, four years, fifth year now, I guess. And uh, I've been on board for two and a bit years now at this point in time. And for me, it's been a hell of a journey. Um, I learn every day. I want to quit every day. I'm excited every day. It's kind of a roller coaster, I guess. But we've seen some great results. And um, it's kind of the delighting piece of the uh, inbound journey that I get the biggest kick out of when you're able Mm -hmm. to really show zero to fully fledged scalable growth around a process that uh, I really enjoy. So that's kind of the uh, Cliff Notes version, if that helps at all. Right. No, that does. And one of the things that you'd mentioned to me before we started recording is that um, you guys are HubSpot exclusive. So Mm -hmm. I assume that means 
pretty much all the website projects and inbound retainers and anything else um, requires a HubSpot subscription or you're getting, you're either taking folks who are already on HubSpot and, uh, and helping them maximize that or getting folks on boarded there. Has that, has that been something um, that's been kind of part of the process since the beginning or was that a transition that the agency has made? No, definitely a transition. Um, and as prepared as I thought I was to go into agency world, I still had a big, steep learning curve. You know, you could argue that, yeah, I knew the platform pretty well. Yeah, I knew the methodology. I, I, I didn't have to be educated around inbound. But what I didn't know about was the relative, you know, I guess, niching or niching, as we would say, we should be doing in the specialization piece. And that came from a transition and a kind of operational discussion we had internally uh, where we were doing lots of small projects for people, uh, you know, things like WordPress updates, designs, pieces of content on their WordPress blog. We were doing um, email campaigns through MailChimp. We were looking at their Google Analytics and it really was a patchwork quilt of service for each client. So, we had a look at the numbers on what we were charging out for some of those and the time quotient behind all of those. And the big, big learning was that um, they were just, they weren't profitable and that we weren't able to deliver scale. And from a, you know, a staff training perspective, from a kind of, um, I suppose, a messaging standpoint, we weren't able to to grow that or have same similar conversations each and every time. It had to be um you know, kind of bespoke depending on the environment, figure out the tech and so on. Not that we have standardized conversations with people, but we certainly have a um, conversation that's all around a centralized platform. So we decided to not necessarily fire our customers, but actually um, transition them to a, um, a different way of working on a platform that we were able to deliver more value and actually just decide we'd split out and specialize in, in two key areas in the agency, really, which both require HubSpot. One is uh, content creation, so the hard piece of actually pulling the levers and publishing content and making sure that's all SEO'd and uh, adds value identified to your persona and uh, can generate leads via offers. Um, so that's the, the kind of hard work of help me actually populate HubSpot. And the other piece we specialize in is in the COS. So uh, integrating the COS with their existing infrastructure, perhaps looking at API integration with third-party platforms and um, how that fits into their operational flow um, and really customizing that experience in different style sheets. So we've a couple of customers who have presence all around Europe, UK, Ireland, maybe some in Central Europe that require different languages and then different device specializations. So that's really where we've kind of defined that this is what we are. This is our, these are our two cogs in the bigger machine, as it were. And I think they have been very fruitful because what, what's kind of surprised me about the HubSpot partner infrastructure is that uh, everybody's so collaborative and helpful to each other. They're not out to win business over each other. They're actually there to say, do you know what? We do a bit of this, you do a bit of that. Let's kind of partner up on this particular engagement. And we've got another partner here in the UK that we work with very successfully um, in that regard, uh, others in, in Ireland and, and various other places. So that's been really, really beneficial to us. And uh, I think probably the big differentiating factor uh, from a HubSpot uh, perspective. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I, you mentioned niching or niching down. 
And so mm. you just kind of got into how you do that in terms of the platform that you're going to use going to HubSpot exclusively. And then also figuring out the strengths from a servicing perspective with the COS, the website of things and the content creation side of things. Have you extended that even farther in terms of uh, target audience industries or is, is there any, as far as the, maybe the, the target persona of your customers, are you still working across a lot of industries or have you also uh, focused in the industry realm as, as well? So uh, we primarily add the most level of value in the IT space, be it services or be it software, SaaS, etc. Our persona uh, tends to lend itself to that quite well. We've worked in the legal space, the accounting space, financial services, that kind of thing. There are personas. We've defined them, both uh, industry and, and, and role and so forth. We do have a lot of other industries come to us uh, in the B2C space in particular, which we didn't proactively go after, but came to us. And as a result of that, have been we've been able to apply our same similar methodology. So what I would say to other agencies is absolutely get your personas down, write content around that. But you will find that other pieces of business come to you out of referral, um, out of the good feedback you may have in the partner directory or uh, on your social profile. Uh, don't necessarily write that off. Take it on its merits. Understand what value you could potentially add if, if you can. If not, also do not be afraid to say no. That's quite a powerful thing. Uh, similarly, the way we would say no to people around not using HubSpot or not using it on a trial basis through our enterprise portal or uh, or otherwise. So um, that's quite a quite an important thing because it really means that you're specialising. You know, it's it's a very strong message to perpetuate to say, you know what, this is what we do and this is really all we do, and we wouldn't be able to help you if this weren't the case and you match these criteria because. I suppose sales in the in days gone by have all been about we're great, we're fantastic, you, you can totally benefit from what I have to sell and you should buy it from me and I'm a great guy. Right. And it's way more powerful today to say to say no. And uh, I guess that's one of the things HubSpot kind of taught me as well is it's, it's all about the fit, qualify out early because if you can't help them and you do manage to close a deal, you're going to be in a way worse situation than before you ever got started. So, Absolutely. yeah. I think that's just to pull out kind of where you started there. Mm. Everyone's hesitation, especially early on in an agency, is uh, if I specialize, I already don't have enough business. And if I target mm. down and I'm I'm cutting my target market even farther, am I going to get the business that I need to keep going? And I think you're exactly right that you're just making yourself look even more attractive to the right people. But the folks from other industries, it's not like none of them – no one's going to find you or no one's going to contact you because you specialize in something else. The right people who've seen your approach and understand how it might work for their industry, there will still be leads that come in through other sources or other places. And it's not a, um, it's not something that's going to instantly turn off everything else. Although there will be some ask, some component of those people who, uh, who don't reach out. It's totally worth um, becoming more persona specific. I get it. I absolutely do. And that, that's very true. Um, in, I, I, <laughs> you're going to learn the lesson. There's two ways of going about it. You can either buy into the advice in the beginning, go down that road and see success, or you can um, 
learn the lesson the hard way by thinking you know better and then figuring out that it didn't work in the end. So, you know, if you write generic high level content as a marketing agency and you say you're great and you're all things to all people and that you can do uh, A through Z or Z, you know, you're just you're not going to get ranked, you're not going to get uh, cre- credibility, and you're not going to be able to have consistent conversations with the same similar profile of candidate. You're going to make more work for yourself. There's an expression, and I can't remember it entirely, but it's about education um, can be paid for up front or uh, it's more expensive over time. That's the basic premise right. of it. So, like, there's two, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but, yeah, it's that idea, you know what I mean? Yep, I totally agree. Well, let's. So we have. A, I think that's really helped us understand the agency and the direction that you guys have gone. One of the things that's always fun to hear people talk about or share are the stories of some of the success they've had at the agency. Are there any client wins or agency wins uh, from recent history that um, that you'd be willing to share with us? Sure. Um, I, I guess um, one of the one. One of the big kind of takeaway ones we've had at the last number of months um, is around a really specific, specialized uh, software vendor we worked with back in October of last year, where we were able to ge- generate uh, 248 leads for them in the space of um, about 10 weeks, uh, which was really, really powerful. Their average deal engagement size is $500,000. So that was a, a key win in terms of, of pipeline. We've also been working with somebody in the B2C space and the UK and Ireland uh, who are very, very specialized around beauty treatments. And we've been able to deliver some considerable value around some of the systems that they integrate with and actually defining their customer value and also looking at how we scale that and what sources are performing well for them. So the uh, traditional approach had been very much centered around ad spend through Google ad, Facebook, et cetera. And now we're putting content in that mix to leverage that kind of back over time. So that's been absolutely huge for us in terms of really putting a window in place. We've got another one in the, in the kind of commercial development space as well where they're producing residential property. And we've been able to show them um, versus traditional um, kind of a real estate agent uh, play where you're buying ads and offline media and looking at uh, potentially CPMs and, and banner ads and that kind of stuff, how that's performing um, and use that as a trial. So if, if I were a partner out there looking to grab some kind of quick wins, I would recommend looking at people who have a um, – decent size of visitor traffic to their site at present where you can create an impact by creating some you know top of the funnel middle of the funnel bottom of the funnel offers that will really add significant value to their marketing um, mix and their sales pipeline um, that you can convert easily that's number one uh, number two is look at look for people who have a reasonable email critical mass that you can email uh, appropriately with the right offer that you can uh, qualify to the next level um, and then the third piece then really is look at doing trial engagements with people where you can put a window into measuring the existing uh, sources of traffic they have, offers they have, etc. And say, so, you know what, our number one uh, value piece in this whole engagement is measurement. That's the word I would use to define. So <clears throat> I say to people sometimes, we're a bit like the the X-Files. I don't know if you remember that from the 90s. That was kind of my era. Uh, so the, the tagline was trust no one, right? right? And my addendum to that is, but test everything. So uh, I know one of my... <laughs> 
one of my colleagues in HubSpot used to say, in God we trust, but all others bring data. And if you can go into a client site and you can say, look, here's the window into your organization as to where your leaky bucket is, what's working, what's not working. I'm just going to take a step back here now and let you have an internal discussion about where you think the action points need to be. That's a really powerful thing. Um, so that they're the, kind of, they're the kind of quick wins we've had recently, and there's how I would kind of go about engagements going forward. Showing content and um, SEO wins can be done, um, but it's more of a – it's really, really a, a six-month play. It can be done in three months if you have a really sharp – SEO guy. And if you can get somebody like that, um, you're going to have a significant advantage in your toolbox to be able to go out and, and realize, you know, net new clients. But the challenge you have there is that you're going to spend a lot of time and effort on a very low engagement, um, you know, retainer, etc., to show results to somebody who's not really as bought into the short term. It can for the longer term, rather, it can be done, but it's harder. So. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that the the, those takeaways that you had are super helpful for anybody who's trying to figure out what needs to change here for us to win and retain more clients. And I Correct. think that just doing that initial analysis of what are the assets we have to work with and mm. what is there here to leverage right up front is inevitably going to help you because the faster that you can prove, even if it's it doesn't have to be at, at huge scale, but the faster that you can prove some kind of results the more buy-in you're going to get and the way the easier it's going to be to grow that relationship over time. So I think you're right on. And each of those examples speak to that, uh, to that approach working well for you. So that's awesome. Cool. In terms of areas here is where, what are we now? I guess we're, we're through a quarter and a little more than a quarter of 2017 in terms of, mm. as you look at the agency and try and figure out, um, the areas where you are focused on improving it, in, in 2017, what are some of those high-level priority areas um, that you guys are trying to get better at? Yeah, great question. Um, it's one that I constantly ask myself, you know, and uh, being so embedded with the, you know, success, etc., um, I constantly walk out the door and go, did I work hard enough today? Did I get enough out of it? All that kind of self-checking stuff. In terms of the um, engagements themselves, I'm always looking to create different offers that I can add value to people that will give them what they want and also help us. So um, part of the initial kind of sales process I created was around having a BDR that could qualify opportunities where they saw um, gaps in their website infrastructure, looking at HubSpot existing, infra you know, uh, the network and who, who's working there, who's not, um, creating meetups. Um, I'm a big believer in events as well, adding tons of value, finding the right people. I'd prefer to have 10 people at my event who were qualified and I could add value to than have a thousand people who are tire kickers and not qualified prospects. So that would be a big one. And then what's your follow-up like? So you speak to all of the those guys what is your next step uh, we're now looking at um, setting up an audit that's a you know free engagement um, with myself or one of my colleagues and then we do a kind of a self-diagnosis of a project charter after that engagement below the line when we've uh, engaged with those guys to say okay you may not be the decision maker or maybe you are but like what would be the criteria for the reason that you would want to proceed and work uh, on actually resolving this like getting to the why of what it is that they want to um, move forward with so I'm also one of the things I've changed recently um, in the last six months is um, 
proposals. So not getting stuck with um, proposal. Um, uh, I'm not sure what the word like staleness maybe right might might be the right word where you you're just you're Mr. Happy Clappy sending out tons of proposals to folks who aren't qualified to buy. You haven't recognised the need, and there isn't a real commitment to move forward. So what I would say is that you know a lot of people in agencies don't recognize how good they are or the knowledge they have internally, the value they can bring to the table. Don't like spew your guts on the first call or the first meeting with them. Like have it a very targeted and get to the why as to what it is people are looking to do. Um, so that's, that's one piece of advice. The other piece of advice is it's not retainer or nothing either. So what can you offer from a commercial standpoint that would actually add value? And I've spoken to many other HubSpot partners who have different levels of engagement, etc. So there's two sides of it. There's recurring revenue, which is your your retainer piece, um, your ongoing engagements. And then there's also ad hoc project work. It's perfectly fine to do ad hoc project work with people and um, to add value to their website design, to um, maybe customize something, et cetera, that, that, that is required uh, on their HubSpot portal to integrate with another system, for example. They could often be more profitable, um, albeit transactional revenue, where they may come back to you for retainer in future. So have that as a, as a next step. Uh, also, don't be afraid to charge for your time. There's nothing wrong with doing a free 30-minute or 60-minute call and making yourself available for advice here and there. That's fine as long as it doesn't get unwieldy. But do not be afraid to charge a reasonable level for a day of a workshop where you have a plan in place and that they have answered a pretty detailed questionnaire ahead of time. Um, and then you can also do a trial engagement off the back of that and to set up and test out your theories, et cetera, with key deliverables from both sides uh, during that that process. So they're the kind of things I would suggest and make sure you've mapped that, you've tracked that, and that you're being accountable. And um, one of the other major pieces of advice I would give somebody is um, hire a mentor. Get somebody who's disconnected, not involved in the agency, who will hold you accountable. You need to make sure that all the people on the, uh, on the board have different personalities um, and if you have similar personalities you absolutely must have a mentor it's not even a um, discussion point up for debate so they're the kind of things that I turn through in my mind on a regular basis if that is helpful right. that is really helpful and a lot of that resonates really well talking about the charging for your time and doing mm. trial projects or whatever the whole idea of discovery projects which is going mm. to tone and that was key for our growth back at Guava Box and something that we train agencies on now with the Let's Game Plan training course and using a game plan as a discovery project. But but that can take a lot of different forms. I agree 100% with that. On the, I actually just had a conversation, was just writing about proposals the other day. And mm. uh, kind of one, of the, one of my theories on proposals was just that I think similar to a job hunter, just blasting out a ton of generic resumes and generic cover letters and nobody's mm. looking nobody's looking there are very few HR people who just need more resumes they need they need better ones and more targeted ones and express desire from people who actually want to join their organization and i i feel like the proposal thing is almost a mechanism one i think it's people who don't know better and haven't haven't yet learned mm. that that's not the best way to close business but i think it's also a little bit of a mechanism to protect ourselves um, 
from I guess from from getting heard or getting rejected. I think it's easier to send out a proposal. Totally agree. Not not hear anything and be like, well, I didn't really try my best. At least I didn't invest that much time. Versus what we transition to, and it sounds like what you've gone to is now we don't we don't send any proposals at all. Everything's going to be a contract, and nothing in a contract is going to surprise somebody. It's going to be here's specifically what we've already talked about on a call, and now it's just codified and and written down. And there's some legalese in here as well, but that what that's done is if we get to a contract stage and lose a prospect that hurts way more because because we spent more time with them but instead of closing back in the early days of guava box you know closing like a third or less than that at some points in time of the proposals we'd send out to go to now by the time someone's getting a contract 90% of the time they're going to wind up signing that contract because we already have a verbal agreement more more than 90% there are still sometimes where that has fallen through, but Mm -hmm. a much higher close rate. And I think that, I think that that was one of the takeaways, at least for me was, uh, you're making yourself more, more vulnerable to being hurt, but, um, but the results are much better. So it's, it's much easier to to live with now. I I totally agree. And, you know, I, I, I did a lot of reading on this and all that kind of stuff. And there's tons of books out there. Um, that you can read, but um, one of the main things I would rec- I would say there is get comfortable being uncomfortable. So it's super easy to be just you know embedded in email. Well, my inbox is full. I need to go and answer that, and that's my sense of worth in the world for today. No, it's not. Um, and the reason it's not is because that's comfortable. You feel like you can answer that. You can do it quickly, and you you, you kind of release some endorphins because you know what I've done a good job today. But actually. And the same is true for a proposal. Like you can spend, you know what, um, I, I, I've got this great prospect. We had great conversations. He wants me to do a proposal. I'm going to go and spend three days doing one, right? So, I, you know, sometimes folks will write that from scratch. I wouldn't recommend that. I, 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 we use Proposify. I have no affiliation with them whatsoever, but I just love what they do. Um, and you can reduce that um you know, time spent creating a uh, proposal by using something of that nature. But um, my point in saying that is it's an easy thing to revert into and go, you know what, I'm, I'm writing proposal for today, so just don't call me or, you know, I don't want to speak to the outside world. Just avoid that as much as possible. If you are good, you will get a process to deliver that in an effective way that creates a custom pro, uh, proposal for each prospect. But just be self-aware that you're doing that, that your behavior is le- leading you down that path. Your goal should be to, I know Gary Vee talks about hustling and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, there's a lot of truth in that. He's, he's a personality, there's no doubt about it, but you need to be out there. You need to be passionate. You need to be out adding value. And if people never work with you, you've added value to their day. You know, and that's right. what it's really about. You'll figure out the paperwork in the background, but just be self-aware of that, that it's human nature. Yep, it is. <laughs> At the end of the day. Yeah, sorry. I'm pretty, I'm pretty strict on that. Because it's what produces results, and when you don't do it, you don't get the results. So it's quite simple in my book. Exactly. No, I think self-awareness is uh, is huge, and that influences a ton of things in your agency and your day-to-day flow. Sure. So, well, Ross, you have given us a ton of takeaways, added a lot of value here, and we appreciate that. Um, if folks want to follow you, pay attention to what you guys are doing, 
um, what's the what's the best place for them to do that and stay in touch? Sure. On Twitter, I'm at Ross Lauder. Uh, that's uh, R O S S L A U D E R. You can check out our website at getfocusedonmarketing.com. Uh, we have a blog section there, and um, I'd be more than happy if people want to check me out on LinkedIn as well. They'll find me there. Uh, go ahead and reach out to me on Messenger or connect with me, and I'd be happy to answer any questions anyone has. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. The links will be in the show notes at doingbetter.com slash podcast. Ross, thank you, man. Appreciate your time. My absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.